0: Johnny Knows Best may contain adult language and explicit content. Parental discretion is advised. Host and subject matter may be offensive, extremely petty, or both. Additionally, Johnny Knows Best is not liable for guest content, censorship, or hurt feelings.
1: The following episode of Johnny Knows Best is dedicated to the late, great Earl Simmons, also known as DMX, one of the greatest rappers that ever lived. DMX really touched my life in the late 90s and early 2000s. And uh, his legacy and his music will live on forever. My prayers go out to his family, his friends, anybody that knew him, and all his fans. This is a tough one, man. My heart is really broken because of this.
2: Uh, slash shit. Yeah is like, it's like, bump the fuck out, like for real See, to live is to suffer but to survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering Ayo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up Ayo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up Ayo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up get me back on my feet so I can tear shit up Ayo, I'm slipping, I'm falling can't get up, yo I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up, hey, yo I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I, hey, I got to get up, get back on my feet so I can tear shit up I've been through mad different phases, like mazes, to find my way, and now I know that happy days are not far away If I'm strong enough, i live long enough to see my kids, doing something more constructive with the time, than bigs, I know because I've been there now I'm in there, uh, sit back and look at what it took for me to get there uh, First came the bullshit, the drama with my mama She got on some fly shit, so I split and said that I'ma uh, be that seed That doesn't need much to succeed uh, Strapped with mad greed, and a, a heart that doesn't bleed. bleed I'm ready for the world, or at least I thought I was Bagging niggas when I caught a bus' thinking about how short I was Going too fast and wouldn't last, but yo, I couldn't tell Group homes and institutions, prepare my ass uh, for jail They put me in a situation, forcing me to be a man When I was just learning to stand with it. Helping head Damn Was it my fault Something I did To make a father leave his first kid At 7 doing my first bid Back on the scene at 14 With a scheme To get more green Than I'd ever seen In the dream And by all means I will be living High off the hog And I never gave a fuck About much but my dog That's the only motherfucker I'd head off in my last Just another little nigga Headed nowhere fast Hey I'm slipping I'm falling I can't get up I'm slipping I'm falling I can't get up Hey I'm slipping I'm falling I got to get up
1: I started to play the whole damn song, but I got a bit of an extended episode today, so I couldn't play the whole thing. But that is my favorite DMX song of all time Slipping by DMX. Um, Oh, by the way, this is Johnny Knows Best. My name is Jonathan Mays, and uh, it is Friday, April 9th, 2021. I want to thank y'all for listening um we got a good episode for y'all today it is going to be episode 75 and it is called conversations with john and shane and uh me and my good friend shane atkison we got into a lot of uh a lot of different topics on today's episode um we talked about time travel, aliens, um Jesus, uh multiple realities or multiple earths and uh all kinds of stuff really. Um and that's on today's episode, and I hope you'll listen to it. But before we get into that, like I mentioned in the intro, um DMS, aka Earl Simmons uh passed away. This morning at age fifty, it has been confirmed. I know a lot of y'all don't believe it um because last night it was posted somebody jumped the gun, and a lot of places jumped the gun actually last night and were posting that he passed away but uh, this morning, I don't now I'm not really sure when he passed because the timeline seems to be murky on that because. Some people say he passed last night. Some people said it was this morning when he passed. Um, whenever I guess they took him off the breathing machines, cause he was on breathing machines, uh, since last Friday, I think, or maybe even last Thursday, um, after he suffered a, a fatal heart attack after having a drug overdose. He's been, he's been on the breathing machines about a week. So I'm not really clear on when they, uh, released him from the breathing machines but uh you know and I talked about it on episode on the last episode um a few days ago that it wasn't looking good and uh they could go at any day and uh, i guess they made the decision whether it was last night or early this morning they made the decision to release him and he's passed he's gone um so big loss to the world of music the world of entertainment Period. Um, DMX, one of the greatest rappers of all time. I think you should, when you you start to uh, really start to list your favorite rappers, you should be in everybody's top 10 or at least their top 20. Um, He was just that good. And uh, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, um, he probably was in the top three. Uh, You know, the Rough Riders and... Everything that uh, he put out, it was just hits after hits after hits. a motorcycle in the background. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a big loss. It It's surprising, but at the same time, it's not surprising given this state this past week. Um, so a lot of us were just waiting for this to happen. But I was hoping, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I was hoping for a miracle. I know that didn't look good. I know that his, uh, prognosis was grim, but I I still wanted him to pull through. I still was looking for a miracle. I still was praying for him. Um, I've seen a lot of negative, uh, things posted this past week and people just not being as, not being what I would think there, you know, not being what I would think that, uh, I don't even know how to put it, it but just people just being negative and posting, you know, we don't look for him to make it and, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to come back from that. And, you know, that's with anything, people are always negative. They can be negative in any situation, no matter how serious it is. And uh, I'm just tired of that, man. I'm really just tired of all the negativity. It gets on my nerves, uh, but at some point, and it's not going to be on today's episode because I already recorded today's episode last night, uh, me and Shane got into a bunch of different topics, and uh, but I want to do a whole DMX-centric podcast, um, look for that early next week because I'm in Tampa right now for WrestleMania uh, and be very busy, well, tomorrow and on Sunday, but I want to do a DMX podcast, and uh, I'm thinking about doing that probably Monday sometime, maybe early Monday morning or Monday afternoon, so look out for that, and uh, today's episode is uh, me and my friend Shane, Uh, we actually recorded this last night at uh, like around between 1 and 2 a.m., and we had a long conversation about a bunch of different topics, including uh, God and religion and Jesus and multiple realities and multiple earths and the fourth dimension and time travel and aliens, and we got into a whole bunch of different things. And talked for about 90 minutes, Um, not quite that long, but... It was a long conversation, and Shane is very... I always enjoy talking to him. That's why I wanted to get him on the podcast, because I knew he'd be an interesting guest to have. And uh, we talked about a whole bunch of topics. And uh, he also reminded me, before I play our conversation from last night, that uh, you know Shane is a longtime uh, service worker who's also a baseball coach, And he also, uh, supervises a lot of the, uh, Smash Brothers, uh, tournaments in the Wiregrass area. And you can message, you can message Shane Atkinson on, uh, Facebook and he will give you details if you wanna get, get in on the, uh, Smash Brothers tournaments. Um, but, uh, I had an interesting conversation with Shane. One of my favorite people to talk to. And uh, I miss working with him. And I appreciate him coming on the show. And uh, here's the conversation that we have. And then once that's over with, I'll come back and close the show out. Hello. Hey, man. How goes? It goes. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Can you hear me good? Yeah, I can hear you real good. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. It's good to finally, like, uh, to do this with you, um, I, well, I talked to you like last week, but before that, I haven't really like had a chance of, to have a conversation with you in like, what, well, like a couple years now, like 2019, I guess.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Actually, it might have been, might have been 2018. Honestly,
1: when did you it leave there? Home. I think it was 2019, like uh, right before Christmas. Like, I, okay, I okay. left at Christmas time. I didn't come back after Christmas. Okay. okay it's open, uh, a little over a year now. So that's why I said it had to be 2019. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of things happened in the last year, though. Uh, what, in
3: 2020?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: No, not really.
1: Well, I don't even mean that. I mean, you know, with you, you know, you had a kid, you got married.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, true, true.
1: Yeah, COVID. Uh, there was a pandemic or something like that. I guess. Uh,
3: I, I heard. I heard there was a pandemic. I read about it and.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I saw it on TV. It's kind of, a, kind of a big thing.
3: I read about it in a phone book, which barely even exists anymore.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we're. I even, I can't remember the last time I seen a phone book. You know what you can't find anymore is a phone booth. Yeah, I. I
3: think they actually got rid of them on purpose, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh, did they really? Like, uh,
3: I think they got rid of them.
1: I actually, uh, I searched for one all over Enterprise one day. It's just like as as I bet as if I could find one, I couldn't find one anywhere. I haven't uh-huh. I don't see you see them anywhere
2: anymore.
3: Do you remember Walmart had like six of them out in front of the store? At That's one point? what I'm saying. They used to
1: be everywhere. Yeah. And I don't know exactly when they when they disappeared, but they you just can't find phone booths anymore. How sad was the guy
3: that invented the phone booth, though?
1: Uh, pretty sad. Because
3: cause you know whenever he pitched the idea, he pitched it as a revolutionary this, that, and the third. Mm. And then and then cell phones. And he was like, well, dang.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of fucked up his plans a little bit.
3: Yeah, nothing good from him.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of things I want to get into. Uh, with you I've, I've always had like very interesting conversations with you when uh we're all overnight together and uh there's just so many things that we could talk about number one let's talk about religion. let's get into let's get into that, Is that right. what yeah I'm with it
3: I'm with
1: it okay so right. you are you are you' you're, you're Christian christian right? Uh, Christian,
0: Same.
3: let's see. So, I suppose when you say Christian, um, you're you're speaking about like Protestant Christian,
0: right, um, right? Right.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I believe the word, uh, you know, the word is the word, and that's what we should build our beliefs on, not on, you know, any systematic teachings of man who do not use the word as their, you know. As their basis. Mm -hmm. So that kind of helps me, you know, break free of like, like, like that kind of outcasts me from falling into like Mormonism, Jehovah's witness, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Kind of, kind of helps clarify that I believe in, you know, just like, like the teachings of the Bible are what matter.
1: Mm -hmm. So you don't really, uh, believe in any of the Mormon stuff or, uh, what is what is like the main belief of the Mormon basically
3: oh um, actually Mormon is something I haven't looked into enough yet to give you main belief mm-hmm. uh, but I do know I think what Mormonism is is it takes a lot of logic that you could that you could you know conclusions that you could come to like I know they believe heavily in other worlds and other certain entities on other planets which I don't think is impossible I don't think I don't think it says in the Bible unless you know I'd got a you know, an interpretation from a translation that, you know, should preclude that. But yeah, I think it's totally possible there's life on other planets Mm -hmm. and, and that life could even have, you know, it could even be human soul life and uh, my personal belief on that, and then this is, this is theory. This is not, I'm not saying this is, you know, what I believe is true. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. You know, this is kind of the logic that I feel like Mormons, took to apply to their religions to to come up with some things that are uh well the John Smith thing is different. Uh I, I don't know enough about that to quote things, so I don't I won't say that. But I think, you know, anyway, I, I derail pretty hard sometimes.
1: <laughs> no, that's fine. Um and as far as uh, as life on other other planets. So you do believe in life on other planets. Let me ask you this if if life on other planets is like a real thing, do you think that we all came from one place, like one God or one entity? Or, or what do you think about that? A uh, recent was-
3: development in what now this is what I could believe. Like, you know, if, if this was God's, you know, if he did this and this was his way of doing it, mm-hmm. I could believe this, but I'm not saying it's, it's factual. This is something that I, you know, am open to believe. Okay. And uh, this is actually a recent development. Uh, the garden of Eden could have been uh, a chunk of earth that broke off and was cast out into, uh, into, you know, the universe wildly. Okay. So, you know, th- because, you know, it says that it was sealed away and, you know, never to be found by man and whatnot, you know, could have been sealed away in our vast infinite universe to, okay. for us to never find. Um, but uh, I think the question was, you know, do I think we came from the same place?
0: hmm
3: I think that, uh, th- there, there are a few absolutes because of the Bible itself, right? Okay. So Adam, Adam was an absolute on our Earth, okay. And for the sake of, you know, cohesiveness, any planet that contains life, specifically life with human souls, is an Earth one, Earth two, etc. kind of deal. You know, we just number the Earths. That way, it's easier. I'm sure they have their own names if they exist.
1: Well, I totally believe in that. Earth
3: one, Earth two. Yeah, like, like it's, it's, it's totally doable. Um, but I think a couple of things have to be absolute, like Adam and Eve. I mm. think they were absolute of Earth One, and then perhaps, you know, from from the the fall of man, you know, other mankind was, you know, you know, spread to other places, uh, depending on how that how that came about. Uh, and another absolute I would say uh, is Jesus. The mm-hmm. Jesus that is on our Earth has to be the only Jesus. Like I, I, I'm actually pretty sure Mormons. Believe in a multiple Jesus thing? Don't you know? Don't quote that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but I believe there would have to be one Jesus, and that every other Earth would have to have accounts of our Jesus. You know that. Um,
1: but it's all the same every... guy. What's that? No, you're saying that this Jesus, our Jesus, is the same guy on every
3: Earth. No, no, no. The Jesus on our Earth only existed on our Earth, and a lot of people say, well you know, whenever I talk to them about this theory, they're like, well, why couldn't there be multiple Jesuses on multiple planets suffering right. the same crucifixion? Okay. And I think I think it's because uh, Jesus is always a singular. Like, uh, Jesus is not, you know, you're familiar with the concept of the Trinity, right?
1: Right, right.
3: Pretty, pretty confusing. But uh, Jesus is always, as a man, was a single man. You know, he was right. one singular human. Okay. And uh, I think, but I do think that the every other earth would have uh, scripture documenting what Jesus did on our Earth, you know. So they would know that Jesus of Earth One was, you know, a Nazarene or uh, was, was born in Bethlehem. Okay. And I think that sort of thing would have to hold true because our God, being a just God in His judgment, has to offer the same opportunity for salvation to every human soul. So I think they would have to have the same opportunity for salvation, even if their uh, original doctrines were different. Uh, such as like um you know maybe they have maybe they have a whole different old testament or you know maybe their new testament is just uh you know divine prophecy that they got from some other means rather than the disciples of Christ who you know walked with Christ so that would be that would be really interesting if that were a thing
1: mhm let me ask you this uh i absolutely believe into in a parallel uh earth um right. a lot of people believe That when we sleep and when we dream, you ever have a dream where you may be around the same people that you know, but uh, it may be like a slightly different situation than, you know, you are in life. Do you think uh, our dreams could be glimpses into these these other earths or these other versions of ourselves? Is that possible or you don't believe in that?
3: Uh, Let's see. So you're talking about parallel... Realities, correct? As if, correct. We, as if we exist a couple of different in a couple of different places, kind of.
1: Or you know that that's like a, a you know that's in science. There, there's there's a, a scientific theory that there are multiple like Earths all mm-hmm. existing at once. I know we're kind of right. that's kind of a big leap from religion to science, but I think there there is, you can make a connection. Um, right, right. I'm just trying to make sure we're on the same
3: page. You're, right. When you talk about parallel realities, you're talking about there's a me right now who is like, nah, Johnny, I'm too tired. I'm going to go ahead and go home, right? Right. Okay, okay, okay.
1: There's a you that ha- has us having this podcast with me, and both of y'all exist at once.
3: Right, exactly. Okay. All right, so there's there are a few things to that, all right? All right. Do you believe there's an infinite number of, of uh, realities? Yes. All right. So is there a reality that exists where there are no alternate realities?
1: I guess there have to be. Yeah. So
3: are we living in that reality? Okay. That's kind of the, that's awesome. kind of the like, you know, that's kind of the haha gotcha of it all.
1: Right. Right. Right.
3: But that's not, that's not the main point I want from it. Um. You know, so I'm going to, I'm going to, there are a couple things that, that tie into this that I've okay. actually done a lot of, hard you know reading into or you know looking into for my own you know personal okay. opinion, I guess you could say so uh what do you know about a fourth dimension
1: um not a whole lot I've heard of the fourth dimension can you uh elaborate on that a little bit Or what you well, know about that?
3: I am going to assume that th- my, this may not be an original like I may not be the first person to think this but mm-hmm. this is something I formulated on my own. Uh, you know, you have, you know, one dimension is a single direction, like a line. Right. And then you add a height to that and it becomes, say, a square. Right. All right. So whenever you want to illustrate a cube on a piece of paper, you take that square and you kind of add more squares to draw that illusion of the third dimension. Okay. Right. So you can, you know, you can, you can visualize a cube drawn on a piece of paper, Right. Right. And and it's it's just it's really just six squares with you know length width and depth, right? So on a two dimensional, uh, a two dimensional plane, which is the piece of paper, we can draw three dimensions. I don't think using two D rendering, we can u- we can visualize four dimensions. Now the problem right. is we actually see in two dimensions. We have two eyes that see two dimensionally that utilize, uh, you know, our brain to decide how far away something is based, you know, on how much our eyes cross to focus in on something
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, that's, that's, you know, basics of vision and whatnot. So I don't think we have perception to actually truly visualize a fourth dimension, but I think that, you know, given the way every other dimension kind of, uh, formulates on top of itself by, you know, multiple iterations of the previous dimension. I think the fourth dimension would be our number of existences and our, and, and the number of basically times that we exist. So we do somewhat exist infinitely. Interesting. Right. Uh, I think of it as smears. Like you, you smear, like I have a cube and, and I don't have a way to visually represent it, but there's multiple existences of this cube, not just inside the cube or outside of the cube, but it's the cube's existence continuing to exist. So if you have one cube and, and you know, the base unit is one, like, uh, like say we're using inches, you know, that the one-dimensional line is one inch long. The, the uh, two-dimensional square is one square inch. Okay. And the three-dimensional cube is one cubic inch. And since we don't have any terms for the fourth dimension, our unit is, is you know, one. It's one existence. So, hmm. so I think there is a lot of existence, um, and and this kind of brings me to 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 the issue of time travel, and okay. I I don't believe there is a means to do it, um, but if there was, I think that um, that we have to be in the absolute front of time right now. Um,
1: okay, what do you mean by
0: that?
3: Uh, like we're the most absolute of the future. Like I think we're as far into the future as as is possible.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think
3: it's possible to go forward. Um, I know about time dilation, and that's a whole another horse of a whole different color. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's I find time dilation really interesting as well. And I think I think time dilation explains how God can be omnipresent and omniscient mm-hmm. and and exist in all times at the same time because God experiences. Uh, an infinite time dilation and if he if he experiences infinite time dilation that means he also experiences all of our existences which is our fourth dimension at the same time which is like you know God's basically infinite dimension at the same time so
1: so he's a fourth being, dimensional being then basically he's a what now? he's a fourth uh, he's, dimensional being
3: yeah he's a, he's a he's a being that can interpret the fourth dimension okay. and then the fifth dimension which would be all of our existences over time. I, You know, four, dimension four is our number of existences, mm-hmm. right? And right. then five would be over time, like as, as we continue, as all of our existences continue to exist through a timeline. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of information in that.
1: So you don't believe that forward in time, if, if time travel were possible, which is not right now, um, at least right. we know, uh, right. you know that we could go forward. Or we can only go backwards.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think that um, it, it's hard because whenever you try to look for the means of it, it's just really difficult to, you know, and it's because it's something new and, and, and that we haven't done.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But, because the, the means for it seems impossible to me after, you know, like I said, a lot of, a lot of looking into it. I mean, someone could totally come try to prove me wrong and i'd be cool with that really happy with that actually um but yeah i think i think that we're the the foremost of the future because depending on which version of time travel you believe in such as like um like the back to the future thing where you like crazily alter the future Mm -hmm. you know like uh, like marty goes back and you know his mom has a crush on him doesn't get with his dad he wouldn't mm-hmm. have faded away. He would have immediately ceased to exist. And then when Marty ceases to exist, the, the the past is unchanged. And then Marty just comes back and then he wouldn't really have any bearing on the new future because he, you know, he essentially becomes the new timeline. And, you know, your own existence would be perpetrated by your own timeline. So it's kind of, there's really no destroying the future by changing the past kind of thing that would happen, um, mm-hmm. except that you live out the entire timeline in the first place. Like you don't get to go back kill Hitler and come back and there's, you know, a whole new thing. No, you come back to your own timeline. So
1: Yeah, timelines... that's the end game uh version of time travel. Where nothing you do really affects your own timeline.
3: Yeah, that's because it's because everything is is event based and not time based. Like things don't exist in the actual, you know, what you would call the fabric of time, mm-hmm. which is kind of an abstract idea, but you know, things don't just exist in a linear timeline. Right. Uh, and it, it's, it's even hard to think of it as branches as well, because then it kind of seems like they all stem from a point.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, a, a lot of that is, is pretty, you know, abstract kind of deal.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, there's
3: obviously, obviously no way for us to prove it.
1: Yeah. Well, the best time travel uh, movie that I've ever seen is uh, a movie. I don't know if you ever saw it called Predestination with uh, Ethan Hawke? I have not it's, it's a really good movie on time travel uh, yeah. basically well I want it's, it's hard to even describe but uh basically in that movie you know nothing that you you can't uh, you can't change the past anything you do to affect the past. Uh, basically, will cause what, whatever, whatever wherever happened, happened, you can't change the past, and uh, I kind of believe more into that than the whole back to the future thing.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I I like back to the future when I was a kid, but the more you uh, as you get older, it it does, it's hard to really subscribe to that version of time travel if it were possible,
3: yeah. And uh, you know, one one of the things that that Back to the Future really hurt itself with, as far as if it was, I don't, I don't think their intent was to say like this is how time travel would actually work, because mm. they really hurt themselves with the the uh, the Chuck Berry thing. I mean, I'm sure you know the song Johnny Be Good, right? <laughs> I, I yeah. actually love that song, and I you know I quote, it's good song, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love it. And uh, you know, Marty goes back, plays Johnny Be Good, and his cousin Marvin. Yeah, mm-hmm. his cousin Marvin calls him and says, "Hey, Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. This is that sound you was looking for, you know." So that song wouldn't even exist if Marty wasn't there. But if Marty exists there, then his mom doesn't bang his dad, and he's not existing, you know. Yeah. Try again, you know. That it just can't be like it,
1: that. Yeah, it kind of just uh, blows itself apart. Yeah, yeah, honestly.
3: it really does, which is sad. And and but but I think what they're doing is saying, "Hey, look how cool the butterfly effect could be," you know. Hmm. But I don't even think that uh, you know at the time the butterfly effect was even an idea that was. I mean I'm sure the butterfly effect idea has been around a lot but I don't think it was any kind of mainstream. No. I never heard about it of course until Ashton Kutcher was all like yo look at my diaries and stuff.
1: Now do you uh that's an interesting movie too. Um basically yeah. the butterfly effect uh what he goes back in time like what, what through his memories.
3: Yeah, anything that he had written down he could revisit.
1: Yeah. And they made a couple shitty sequels to it too, but oh, man, that, did they ever. yeah, um, that's an interesting. It's an interesting movie. I don't know if uh, I really believe in that either. Um,
3: yeah, well, well, you know the in the movie that the time travel aspect is totally un unrelated to the butterfly effect itself,
1: right? Yeah,
3: the butterfly effect is more. More of a uh in my opinion a mathematical standpoint
0: mm-hmm.
3: of of how um you know you know cause and effect reality that we live in
1: like if you could go back uh to nine eleven and stop nine eleven from happening, would that cause a better future or a worse future that we live in now mm-hmm. um because all those people would have lived instead of died, it's kind of interesting to think that.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I agree for sure. Yeah. I, I always like to think of, you know, things that would have or would not have caused other events to transpire. Yeah. And and I think I think uh, history books kind of let us have a a non supernatural version of that. You know, they let us look back and see, you know, that maybe Hitler was a little bit crazy. You know, <laughs> so maybe the next guy who starts saying your hair color is wrong, your eye color is wrong. You know, maybe we can kind of nip that in the bud.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of uh a lot of recorded history is uh history is a funny thing, um like written history because mm. as you get older you find out things that uh you weren't taught when you were when you were a child, you know. And uh yeah. it kinda the stuff that we learned in school really did does influence how we are as an adult. Oh yeah. And then uh you really like uh, the last I would say the last like five to ten years, I've read, I've learned a lot about history that I never knew, you know, in junior high and high school.
3: Yeah,
1: that was because I just had to read and just had to do my own like independent research on a lot of things.
3: Yeah, there's a there's a big silent lie that they tell in schools, and and it's it's or a secret lie rather that there's no bias. Like they they teach things as if as if it's singular. Like, you know, when they talk about slavery, they, mm-hmm. they talk about how, you know, Lincoln did all this fantastic stuff. They don't, they really don't tell you that Lincoln had slaves built his monument, you know, like things like that. Right, right,
0: right. You know,
3: they don't, they don't tell you that Lincoln was all, you know, what's a slave owner. They don't, they don't tell yeah. you lots of things like that. And it's, and I think, you know, if they have good intentions, I think it's because they want you to have a hero to look to. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, I don't know if they'd be able to teach children that, like, hey, slavery was completely normal at the time. You know, like there were tons of people who were just like, you know, it was it was basically they thought it was a right to
1: own slaves. So well, black I, I people. What's that? Uh, some black people own slaves.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's it's not like it was just it wasn't a crazy idea, and and it's yeah. hard to explain to children, you know, times of a different culture or culture cultures of a different time. I said that backwards. It's yeah. hard to explain that to kids and it's hard to give them the proper scope but in you know in the same vein it's it's kind of i think we should teach social structures before we start getting into things like that personally
1: yeah i believe so too um because when you don't um i think it it causes a lot of other issues down the road when you don't
3: yeah yeah i think uh i think there's a minor issue with our education system currently i think we put focus on things we shouldn't until later
1: Well, the main thing is they try to uh, paint America here in the United States. They try to paint America as like, you know, a super country. We always we always do what's right. And we're never the bad guys in situations. And uh, we always win. And, uh, you know, the whole thing is like a false, uh, a false idea.
3: Yeah, it's it's easy to say that we never do anything wrong when we get to say what is and isn't wrong, though. You know, right, right,
1: right. Exactly. You know,
3: we we we're, we're a bit tyrannical in some ways by mm-hmm. by you know vesting that armor of we're doing what's righteous by our True. own standards, though. So it's like, well, yeah,
1: yeah. I can totally understand why uh, people that grow up in other places uh, don't like America before they even you know step foot over here. Yeah. I can, totally I, get I can it.
3: see why they get, you know, an even worse depiction of America too, though. You know, there, there's, oh, there's, yeah. there's bias everywhere. There's, it's hard to be unbiased. You have to, you
0: have biased, to really,
3: right. you have to really cut a lot of things out of which, you know, like what you already know, if you want to truly even remain unbiased, It's it's barely even worth it. It's best to just say, Hey, I have some slight bias towards this. Here's what I think. And then people can, you know, at least know that you're, Supporting the topic, you know, like that—that they, they—they know you've at least presented what you want to present.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, when um, we were talking about uh, as far as people being biased, um, let's talk about race a little bit because that, that's an interesting thing, and I know it's like a complicated topic that most people don't like to talk about, but mm-hmm. I think it's important that you know that we get into it because uh, I'm sure. You know, growing up here in the South, you've probably you you've experienced uh, racism on both sides, um, or you've seen it or been around it. And uh, yeah. I can, uh, you know, I can. Uh, I have one conversation with you, and I can tell that you're like a pretty level-headed dude, and that you're not. I usually, how can I put this? Usually, I can talk to someone and tell. You know whether they have that in them or not. You can
0: usually Whoa, wait, tell. Wait,
3: wait, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about I don't talk to you as if I think you're some ignorant n-word, right? Like,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You can yeah. tell
3: when somebody looks at you and they're like, "Hello, Johnny, how are you?" You know that kind of thing. Is That what you're talking about?
1: Right, right, right.
3: So, so let me for people who don't know me, I have a very like happy-go-lucky, lax, chill demeanor. You know, I'm I'm mm. really laid back. Like I. Hey, yeah, that's cool, whatever. And it makes me come off as not very intelligent. It really does. So I frequently get people in my face, you know, who, because I'm nice, think that they need to talk to me as if I'm an idiot. And they'll they'll I'll throw, some, yeah. they'll throw yeah. some wimpy philosophy at me, and I'll squash it. And then they just instantly get mad. You know, I can mm-hmm. derail everything they say, and they instantly get mad and just call me rude and walk away. Uh, so, So I definitely know what you mean. You know, I I definitely have some prejudice because because I'm also kind of chunky. You know, I'm kind of a fat guy. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't look all I'm not like hella cute or nothing. So people look at me and assume I'm kind of an idiot, but not the case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People have uh, people are prejudiced, uh, not just with race, but like you said, the people look at you and they try to put you in a box before they even talk to you. And that's not right. I try to be open-minded with everyone and give everyone the same fiker respect because you can't judge a book by its cover.
3: Yeah, I, I I've actually, you know, it, it, and like I said earlier, it's really hard to remain completely unbiased. And you know, there have been times in my life where I've, I've gotten that reality check where, you know, I've done the same to somebody else where you know I look at them and immediately because they're doing a certain thing, I assume this thing, and then you know, after you know, 10 seconds of talking with them, I immediately feel guilty for assuming, you know, this negative thing that I had. And it's, it's hard to do that. It's really hard to do it when you see it a lot. You know, mm. it's like when you try to follow the, the, when you try to follow the stereotypes, like you, you build your own stereotypes and they're not always wrong. You know, they're stereotypes for a reason. Yeah. Like if 95% of anything is a certain way, it's fair to assume that. It's it's that certain way. Like it, it's fair for me to assume everyone has ten fingers. You know, obviously people don't, but it's fair for me to assume that.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and
3: I I hope it doesn't sound like I'm saying racism is okay because people are different races and we should think certain things about them. But no, oh, no, yeah, no. yeah j- just the point that stereotypes exist for a reason, and then some of the some of them are not merited. You know, some of them have no correlation to what we we tie to them, and that's wh- yeah. that's where you get into the real problems.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it, I think it's uh, more prevalent down here in the South than in other places. Um, you know, things get passed down uh, from generation to generation. Um, but uh, I always, uh, you know, I grew up around a lot of. I won't say that I grew up in like the the hood, but more like you know the suburbs. And so, I I, I, I I can I talk due to who I'm around. You know, I can I can sound urban and and more black if I'm around black people. Um, when I'm around white people, you know, I can talk uh, uh you know in, in 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 a different way. And it's not that I'm being fake with uh, whoever I'm talking to. That's just who I am. I, I just I can. I can be around anyone. I yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, it's kind of like you're stereotyping, really. Right. And and it's not and, and and stereotyping gets a bad rap because everybody does it. Yeah, yeah. And the the thing is like stereotyping isn't isn't inherently good or bad. It's it's good stereotypes and bad stereotypes. Not 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 right or wrong stereotypes either because you know, they're they're not obviously not right or wrong if it doesn't apply to every single case. Mhm. Um, so, so, you know, it it's, it's kind of like an adaptation almost, you know, like you, you, because someone presents themselves in a certain way, you know, they have a certain culture about them that, that you expect them to, to, to take part in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of times too, uh, you know, people look down on us too, for uh, what we do for a living sometimes.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know you know about that.
3: Oh man, I love it. It's my favorite. Like, you know, honestly, that's my favorite thing about working at McDonald's. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. disclaimer, yeah. everybody, I work at McDonald's. Yeah, that's one of the things yeah. I love about it because, you know, every every double digit IQ person in the world thinks they can go to McDonald's and feel good about themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: you know, a lot of times it's easy to let it go, but when they get blatant and belligerent and and just all up in your face. You, you just gotta respond sometimes
1: well everybody thinks that they can work at McDonald's and the truth is most of y'all listening to this can't work at McDonald's because you don't Man, you have to have you have to be mentally and emotionally strong uh, to work at McDonald's especially for as long as we have um, Man,
0: it's
1: it's very it's very stressful it's, it's physically taxing and it's not just something that anybody can do but I know People, a lot of people, uh, you know, this whole minimum wage debate, uh, which doesn't matter to me if it's $15 an hour, or, you know, or not. But the whole thing is, well, people at McDonald's just flip burgers. And, uh, you know, that's all they do. Uh, you know, I, I saw, I've saw, i seen that so much on social media. And that, that's what always pisses me off. I could care less if, if uh, they raise the minimum wage or not. Yeah. But I just don't like this whole depiction that uh, anybody can work at McDonald's. It's not that big a deal.
3: No, in in a vacuum, there's not any task at McDonald's that is difficult. In a right. vacuum, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. People see, they're like, "Oh, what do you have to do?" And then you tell them what you have to do, and you're like, "Oh, I can do all that." Okay, yeah. But can you actually do all of that? not just I can do each of that. There's a big difference in doing each thing and doing everything. There's a really big difference.
1: Yeah. How many times have we seen someone come in and work one day and
3: quit, not,
1: not come back
3: <laughs> all the time.
1: Right. And, you know,
3: honestly, right. like, you know, su- I'm a super prime example, you know, all through high school uh, and even, even late elementary school, it's, you know, people talk about dropping out, quitting school, you know, that's something they'll, they'll tell their teachers all the time. I'm going to quit school. You know, that's, Big proclamation mm-hmm. from all the 7th through 10th graders. It's, you know, I don't need school. And the teacher's response was generally, we're going to end up flipping burgers at McDonald's.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah.
3: The, the connotation of McDonald's is not just, it's not new. Oh, it's yeah. not new to social media. I'm you sorry, right. none of you snowflakes came up with the idea that McDonald's sucks. This is not new. right? This has
1: been drilled into our head all our lives. You're right.
3: Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, you know my first job was cutting grass at a parks and recreation. And because I played baseball for a different city, they kicked me off the parks and rec job. So uh, I, I was desperate for a job because my dad was a fascist pig and he, you know, told me I had to have a job like immediately. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, so, you know, I applied everywhere and lo and behold, the only call I got back was McDonald's. And I said, man, this sucks. I'm working for Mickey disease, you know?
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And yeah, and it took me about two weeks to be like, this is not anything that I was told it was. This is totally, this is a, a fine establishment. You know, the people who built this and came up with this idea, like these are some genius minded, you know, like fast food was genius. And, and you mm. know, there's debate about who had the original idea and whatnot. Uh, that's not the that's not my point, you know, <laughs> based on the truth I was told, you know. The people yeah. who pioneered McDonald's were geniuses, and the, and the the business is great. McDonald's and Walmart are two of the most successful businesses in, like, ever, as far as, like, uh, consistent profit. I'm not saying that McDonald's and Apple are you know, neck and neck <laughs> or for anything.
1: Right, right.
3: But, you know, McDonald's and, and Walmart turn profits every year.
1: Yeah, no matter what. No matter what happens, you're right about that.
3: Yeah, and and it's bizarre to think, of all the people who are just, you know, basically slandering the name of the company, even, and they you know, mm-hmm. McDonald's sucks. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's awful. Nobody ever wants to work there. Nobody ever should work there. Okay, yeah, right. You know, it's just not. That's not even feasible.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it didn't even slow down during the pandemic. If anything, it got busier.
3: Man, we literally did my our depo- My deposits on overnight jumped like thirty, or our sales on overnight, sorry, jumped like thirty something percent.
1: Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it was true. Yeah.
3: Actually, the first day, uh, I, I suppose that would have been March 18th or 19th.
1: Something like that. Yeah. First
3: day of quarantine, I stood up. I, I, like, you know, we never clear the line. There's always a line.
0: Oh, but yeah. We
3: cleared the line and I walked outside and put my hands on my hips and said, wow, this is the new world. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then yeah. March 20th, I didn't have a chance to breathe. It was nonstop cars all night long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. It, <laughs> It was a, a culture shock to me because I, I was concerned with, you know, overnight even existing. I was like, man, are we still going to be able to, you know, do this? Where are they going to reposition us? Right, right. Yeah, I, I really thought that. I I, I remember standing in an empty drive-through.
1: Yeah. Well, it was the opposite, though. Yes, sir. It sure was. I mean, uh, essential employees were definitely essential. Yeah. But. Yeah. So and what other aspects do you think things are ever going to go back to the way they used to be as far as the pandemic? Or do you think this is basically like the new world order, basically? Well, you know, the quarantine, I mean, the uh, vaccine is going out and uh, people are starting to get vaccinated uh, more and more. But uh, do you think things are gonna go back to the way they were, or how do you perceive everything that's going on right now?
3: Um. So, so pandemic specifically, mm-hmm. I think that I think it's gonna be a weight, like a like like a, a balancing weight of people deciding when they're tired of it, really. And and you know, with the vaccine on the rise, it's pro- we probably are gonna. You know, they're gonna just say, "Okay, well, we're doing everything we can with vaccination, so let's go back to normal." You know, I think I think normal. I think depending on how effective the vaccines are proven to be, mm-hmm. I think that will, you know, uh, accelerate our our back to normal. Yeah, I put that in air quotes.
1: Yeah, it um, could be a while before we know that too. How like? Uh,
3: yeah.
1: Successful. I, I,
3: I've heard too much about the vaccine about its effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it kind of feels like we're in beta testing right now.
1: Do you plan on getting it?
3: Uh it depends. I ha- I have a lot of um a lot of theory behind the entire pandemic and everything and it's it's not well, anything think, I want.
1: What what is your theory about it? Conspiracy
3: theory? <laughs> no, no, not conspiracy. More more biblical. I think uh ah, I yeah. I I don't I don't want to I I don't want to say it with any absolution though, you know, it's it there's a lot of speculation in it. It's mm-hmm. total speculation and I don't want I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to spread well,
1: a lot of things in the Bible are uh, are coming true if it it depends on how you interpret it. Yeah,
3: well, yeah, it could definitely be interpreted that way. Like,
0: yeah.
1: uh, you know,
3: just Absolutely. for example's sake, not saying this is or isn't what I believe, although very closely coincides, but, you know, COVID could be the first horseman of the apocalypse.
0: Ah, um, Yeah,
3: yeah, because logically you could have, you know, pestilence, and through this pestilence, uh, you know, say everybody stops working because the stimulus checks are just so, so banger. You know, Mm -hmm. we have famine because farmers can't harvest their crop. Blueberry crops die out. um, You know, we're not getting enough food into places. And then in that panic, you know, it would ensue a war you know even mm. another another you know civil war among any nation mm. and of course of course war leads to death and of course those could all be considered seals of the apocalypse and mm. and that's just that's just example um it's, it's an example though that you know like i said i'm not trying to say that's what's happening i don't i don't want people well, to think i'm saying we're in the end times because i would i'd hate to try to predict anything like that that's not not at all what i'm trying to do
0: yeah because a lot of
1: people have predicted that, and then, you know, um, well, yeah, that's a difficult thing to uh, to pinpoint because a lot of things are up for interpretation. Like, you can interpret things one way, and then you can interpret things another way. So,
3: yeah, yeah. So, so I'm I'm gonna go all the way out to over the fence in left field, real quick. Okay. All right. So, you know, if you look at all the Israel Palestine, uh you know, Trump stuff, right? This, mm-hmm. this is, this is, cons- this is conspiracy theory. Can we put this in like its own segment of conspiracy okay. theory?
1: Same, this is a conspiracy theory. Gotcha. All
3: right. Yeah. This, this can be its own little segment or whatever. Right. But you know, Trump had good relations with Israel. You okay. know, America's the last country supporting Israel and whatnot. Everybody's pulling out of Israel and Trump's like, I love you guys. Biden's not so much on Israel. Uh, he was, he was actually really, really lackadaisical when the, uh, israeli-palestine nuclear i think i'm pretty sure it was israeli-palestine nuclear treaties and whatnot and he was like oh we don't really care what israel says you know we just want to get this thing signed and israel's like no we don't like that it might have been iran but like i said i'm not sweating the details right and and, you know so biden's burning this bridge with israel Mm
1: -hmm. and
3: you know a lot of end-time prophecies say that once the israel you know loses its last you know backing supporting whatever that that's when you know we can expect to see the antichrist come out Mm -hmm. and you know and and after the building of the temple for the third time the third rebuilding of the temple in jerusalem well you know now that trump's out of office and biden's burning that bridge who does israel still love they still love trump trump's still pumping money into israel not saying Mm -hmm. trump's the antichrist because nobody likes trump and everybody's gonna like the antichrist um you know, but he could he could certainly fund for that temple to be built. he that the,
1: that has came up on this show before. Um I've talked to someone about uh whether Trump was an antichrist and she said that at first she thought that uh well I, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
3: No, it's cool, it's cool. Like I like it's it's great to draw the parallel because then we can look at, you know, my interpretation, his, hers. You said hers, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It's great to draw those parallels because then we can look and see if you know we're lining up or if or if it's just big, big, bold claims. I personally don't think Trump fits the criteria.
1: No, he's very charismatic, though. Um, he has a cult following, but I don't know if he's the antichrist.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the antichrist. His cult following is going to be a lot different. It's not going to be a radical, um, you know, destructive cult following, it's going to be a mm-hmm. radical, this is how the world needs to be following. And mm-hmm. that's something more along the lines of, uh, you know, anyone who's, you know, following a particular idea for, you know, world currency. Like mm-hmm. maybe someone's trying to pump out so much American money that they collapse the American dollar and we all settle on a universalized currency. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing, you know. And again, so you,
1: that's, you don't think the Antichrist has revealed him or herself yet?
3: Absolutely not. Nope. Okay. Uh, because Israel will be so emphatic and excited about the Antichrist, you know, they will claim that they have found the true Messiah. That the Orthodox Jews will claim that they have the Messiah has finally come to Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing like that's happened yet. And uh, I also think that religion is too much of a heated a heated war right now. I think there's too much heat around religion to to think that we're truly in the end times of course it you know it could be right around the corner there's no telling
1: yeah it could be yep. at the be- the beginning of the beginning stages i guess
3: yeah yeah because you know uh time frames in the bible are are just so impossible for us to pinpoint because god doesn't really have the same you know confines of time that we do mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm, i know there's a verse that says you know lord what is a day to you it is a thousand years to you you know or a day in the lord is a thousand years to you or something to that extent. Right. But, uh, it does say, however, I believe in, I want to say Daniel or Isaiah that all the signs of the end times will be revealed within a generation. So once all the seals are truly, you know, opening,
1: it, it will be within a generation. Right. So you think that first seal, like, uh, the first sale has been cracked with the pandemic, and because uh, COVID really did affect the whole
3: world. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a complete possibility, and uh-huh. you know I th- I think one hundred percent it's possible. And again, this isn't me saying that it is; it's mm-hmm. me saying that it's possible. Yeah, it's big di- big difference in me saying COVID's the bringer of the end times, and yeah, this could be it. This could be it because COVID's and- not done either.
1: No, there's like a couple of new strands of COVID out already, so
0: mm-hmm. it's and, not done. You
3: know, uh, Revelation is very, very particular about the one third of all the Earth. You know that 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 comes up frequently. You talk about COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, say COVID affects a third of the Earth and destroys one third of the Earth's population. Uh, then yeah. you have uh, the famine. You know, what if what if you know thirty three percent of the Earth dies because of you know. Farmers literally not having, you know, not pumping that food out. You know, we can't get to it. Our grocery stores are empty, et cetera. Third of the population. Uh, the mm-hmm. comet that was apparently way overhyped or the asteroid or whatever, there was way overhyped uh, mm-hmm. could have been the star wormwood, which, you know, the, the star wormwood will fall into the earth, which, um, you know, pollutes the waters of the earth and takes a third of the population again. So, you know, if COVID has enough time to run its course and does affect a third of the population, Absolutely, it could be.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. to think about.
3: It really is, you know, and, and and a lot of people may think it's like an incitement of panic, which it mm-hmm. it totally shouldn't be. You, you know, if, if you get to see fulfillment of the prophecy in, in black and white ink, because most, most, well, you know, black, white, and red, depending on which version of the Bible you're reading, you mm-hmm. know. If you get to see the fulfillment of that prophecy, even as like a skeptic, as, as an agnostic, you, you know you have to assume there's some viability to what you're seeing with your own eyes. You right. I mean, of, of course, people still doubted Jesus. Yes, but I think it would be crazy to assume that, um, you know, the following would have grown as much had they not seen Jesus. hmm So, you know, I th- I think it's liberating to be living in the end times, and and anyone who's you know shaky on their faith. You know, like, you know, say you were shaking on your faith and you're like, ah, well, you know, I haven't seen much from God. Well, <laughs> if you see literal end time prophecy being fulfilled, I think mm-hmm. you can go, OK, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, I doubted you.
1: Right. But you shouldn't be afraid of it. You should kind of embrace it as like a, um, a proof of a proof to strengthen your, your faith, basically.
3: I think that would be a helpful way of dealing with it, you know, uh, within yourself. I think, you know, if you view it that way as as opposed to fear, then I think definitely it would help you, uh, you know, maintain your composure. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, there's no reason to jump to conclusions because, you know, God will reveal it if it needs to be revealed. And if not, then COVID was just a, a big, stupid virus.
1: Yeah, which is possible, too, because, you yeah. know... Mankind has done a lot of stupid stuff uh, in history, so it's oh, possible. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
3: What? Ooh, a radio came on. That
1: was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, I just want to ask you one last thing, and then we'll wrap like uh, this part up because we've almost gone an hour already.
3: Yeah, I see
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, it doesn't really take long to to go an hour. You lose track of time and start to yeah. really getting us stuff. Okay, yeah. you mentioned uh Biden a few minutes ago. Um I, I no I didn't vote for Biden. I didn't vote for Trump either. I I went third party. But mm-hmm. don't you feel like uh Joe Biden is too old to be president? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy, did you see that press conference like last yeah, week? Yeah I did. Yeah I saw it.
3: Or when you when you what? feel really uh uh strongly about something
1: you gotta just uh Oh whatever. Yeah Man. he's he's too like and I know people get upset about it when I when I when I make fun of him online. It's not that I'm making fun of, but I'm just trying to point out that he's just he's too he, he's a he's a guy in his, his late seventies. and it, that happens to men in their late seventies, women too. It's natural. It's you know, such a natural it, thing. Right. This guy should not have the most uh powerful. Powerful job in the world, I think. I think that's a mistake.
3: I I mean it. It's too much responsibility. Like it's too much responsibility. You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like I I told you know a few people who don't you know a few of my friends who don't really keep up with anything political. I told them, you know about that that little thing that I you know horribly yeah. quoted. Yeah. And they thought they thought I was exaggerating greatly. You know, and then you know I may have spiced it up a little in my tone, but that was it. That was like almost verbatim, you know, he, he I mean some
1: days, works. yeah. Some days he's okay. But then some days he clearly like he's not firing on all cylinders.
3: Yeah, he's kind of just like absent.
0: Mhm.
3: It's like And like,
1: uh
0: a bad I don't bad know.
3: ventriloquist.
1: Yeah, I I think the whole thing was to get Kamala in place, uh, you know, cuz she's going Yeah, gonna- yeah. That's what I believe it is. I don't really agree with her on a lot of things.
3: Uh whenever I saw Biden running and, and he won the primary, I was like, this man's a fucking proxy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a straight up a proxy. You know, uh yeah. some someone referred to him, I won't say the name because very controversial name, referred to him as a Trojan horse.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I just don't feel like he uh I don't know. He may make it a uh This whole term. But uh, I know some lady was uh, asking him one reporter was asking him a a week or two ago if he plans on running again. And he was like, yeah, I I plan to. And I'm like, that was, you know, I just don't think the president should probably they should probably eliminate like 65 tops something or or they should have some sort they
3: you know they should have to be tested for certain oh,
1: yeah cognitive test like trump yeah. was in the seventy two but trump was like a sharper he's like yeah, a yeah. sharper than than Biden.
3: That's the thing like when you look at Trump he's clear okay it's hard to word this Trump, trump knew what he was saying. Mm-hmm. What he said was mostly dumb.
1: But
3: yes. he knew, he totally was in control of what he was doing.
1: Right, right right mm-hmm.
3: And, and realistically, in my opinion, electing Trump was just, like, a big F you to, to the system, kind of.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and he just, like, policy-wise, he was fine. But, man, the things he said, like, he just, did, he didn't, he wasn't a president to me.
1: Yeah. I don't agree with him either. Like, he's just not of, uh, he's not a great person, you. Um, yeah. He's okay, uh, businessman, I guess. Um, you know, he's well, pretty
3: successful. I think you have to say he's a fantastic businessman because look at his money. Yeah. Money money is business, and I think he's got that one okay.
1: hmm I just believe that uh a lot of people back Trump because he made them like you said, he was like a, a shot to the system, basically.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I also think that people identify with Trump, you know, because yeah, they saw like Trump, Trump making himself look crazy on social media and people do right. that all the time anyway. I think they were like, hey, this is this this is my president. You know, this is this is me. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the problem is with uh, Trump and with Biden, I think if you get behind any of these these guys and you put them like, you know, you put them in that in that level to where nothing they can do is wrong and you bat them no matter what, I think that's when it becomes a problem.
3: Yeah, that's that's you like, have to find
1: like, false with everybody.
3: Yeah, that's that's where people that's where people start losing humanity. Whenever you yeah. start uh you know you you don't use your reason to to, to you know like you don't use your own reason to, to go with their facts or you know their statements. Yeah. You know, Whenever it's just what I mean, that's that's a religion, like that's you know, whenever you say whatever they say is law, in fact, then you're not you're no longer acting within the human scope of things, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> okay. Shane, we, we almost did an hour. I really appreciate you coming on. I hope you'll come on again, and uh, because we we got to get to some more topics for this sure. Is a very interesting conversation,
3: yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, all the, the fourth dimension, time travel, and you know my theories on COVID and whatnot and the pandemic. I mean, that's all surface. That those are basically starting points. Like, this is one hour of starting
1: points, right?
3: <laughs> you know, like well, I mean,
1: one day next week when you're uh you're at the gym or whatever. Uh, because usually if I'm not at work, um, I'm up at this time of night anyway. We can get into it, again.
3: Yeah, basically anytime you're off, you can just let me know, and and odds are I'm up. There's, you know, rare occasions where I'll be going into work in the morning and I don't stay up. But even mm-hmm. sometimes I still do. So like for real, if any of your off days are actually just fine with
1: me. Okay. All right. I'll hit you up. All right then, Johnny. Hey, how's your son doing? How's Karen doing?
3: Oh man, dude.
1: So
0: cool.
3: Yeah. Karen's uh she you know, she's start she started babysitting for Sarah. Uh you know, Sarah's two daughters while Sarah's going to school. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's taking link with her. That's why she's not working at McDonald's right now. Which she's not going back because she doesn't like. I'm not going back. No, she doesn't. She doesn't like how I was treated, and that's a fair, it's a fair statement. Even though Karen, Karen had the most white privilege at McDonald's I've ever seen oh, in my yeah. life. Uh, Karen yeah. got paid so much; she did whatever she wanted. Like everything mm. Karen said was virtuous, you know. And, and that mm. that kind of goes along with Karen's personality anyway. Like Karen's awesome. Like. Like Karen's actually fantastic, um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but yeah, she definitely she had so much favor there, and you know she really just didn't like what went down.
1: What went down? Oh, Can we about talk about what? that? Or? I I don't
3: I don't see why not. Uh, I was falsely yeah, accused of things,
1: huh? What Let's is that? get into that. because I don't even know what you're talking about.
3: Oh, okay. So, so um. It is store policy that if there are less than three employees on the clock, the mm-hmm. manager on duty is to shut down the store because it's a safety violation. Right? That's that's in really? I didn't know
0: that.
3: Yeah, I didn't know that either until another store manager told me and was like, hey, why are you here with just you and so-and-so? You can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. That's a safety violation. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. So I looked it up to make sure they weren't just, you know, you know how people talk about policies.
0: Yeah. People say just say, so. whatever. All Right. All right.
3: So, yeah, in, in, in Fred, it says, you know, in in the training devices, it tells you that, you know, less than three people in the store, you got to shut it down. Um, I, I suppose they would probably make some exceptions for like, oh, it's 12 o'clock and, you know, my other closer had to leave or, you know, it's like, you know, just finish your closing duties or whatever. But mm-hmm. so, you know, it happened. It happened that I was in the store by myself. And keep in mind, I've run the store by myself countless times without any any shred of things. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, it happens again. And because I know the policy now, I, I closed the store for about four hours. Um, mm-hmm. And then it happened again within the next two weeks. And I did the same thing. And then, lo and behold, four months later,
1: I get called. Like some time went by. What's that? I said, like, some time went by, like four months later.
3: Yeah, this happened in March, uh, shortly after the pandemic, possibly, okay. possibly in April. And then here mm-hmm. we are in late august i get a demotion because i closed the store and costed sales and this that and the third and uh he uh he brought up some things that that actually didn't apply at all and i was like that's not even i don't even you know that doesn't affect me that's not me that i don't i don't i don't work this shift i don't you know that has no bearing on me why are you bringing this up and uh what was really interesting is uh one of my write ups leading up to that, you know, because they do the progressive coaching thing,
0: mm-hmm.
3: was for I forgot one night to do the meat book. We all know how the meat book is, right?
0: Yeah. Everybody forgets the meat. Right.
3: Well, you know, he had some new hire managers and they were lying on this, on this legal document and lying about times they were saying that we were cooking steak, which we didn't have anymore. And just right. straight lying on it. And, you know, I brought, it, I was like, hey, you need to let them know. And there was nothing done about it. But you know, I got rid of it for one day. And then I even, you know, I even took pictures because I'm slightly petty when it comes to my, you know, my work ethic being
1: Oh, I know. Uh, falsely right.
3: criticized. Yeah, I get a little heated right. about that. And, like uh, you documents. Yeah. I and, and I had yeah. two instances consecutively of another manager not doing it. And there was oh, go figure there was no reprimand. And so I brought mm-hmm. it up and still no reprimand. Um, so it was extremely personal. I don't know why. Um, you know, I wouldn't even have you know logical speculation as to why. But it was clearly personal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sales, labor, none of the none of the things on paper that you could say. You know, oh, hey, you're not doing this. None of that did I fall short. Mm-hmm. Um, statistically, I was the the more productive manager but that doesn't really have much to do with what you're doing really it's just the customers that make all the difference there so I'm not saying I I was a better manager I just say statistically I had better numbers.
1: Do you feel like uh, and we've talked about this like off the podcast before like uh, years ago but do you feel like it's hard being like a manager or male manager in upper management at McDonald's? Um, As in you're about, like, do you feel like you're treated as fairly as like a woman on your same level?
3: I think that would be not systematic, but I think it's, I think it, I think it's very personal. I think, um, I think the, I don't think it's a systematic thing. I think it's literally whoever is in charge at the time makes all the difference there. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that the, I, if, you know, if you were to ask me my honest opinion, I would think there that, you know, that manager favored females, especially, Mm -hmm. oh man, there is something I can tell you later that I can't tell you on this because it's, there's actually legalities to it. Uh, you're okay. Well, yeah, you're probably going to freak out.
1: Just message me later.
3: I will. Um, you know, so, so I I don't think it's, I don't think it's specifically, you know, my bias could say that it is, you know, Oh, it's hard to be a man in a woman's job. You know, that also makes me sound like a, a bigot, but
1: well, you're not only a male, Manager that, that that has said that though that's the thing it, it wouldn't be just you saying that I've heard that before from other
3: yeah yeah I think I think our assistant I think you know we're all owned by the same guy and, and now now let me mm-hmm. let me go on the record and say Jerry is extremely fair the owner of our McDonald's chain is an extremely is fair great.
1: guy yes yes and I'm going to no problem um they bail me out. More than one occasion. Yeah, go to them with no problem. Jerry's amazing. He, Jerry and Cheryl. Yeah,
3: and I I know I know you know I I you know by the way whenever I got demoted, I slept on it mm-hmm. three days before I went to talk to Jerry so I didn't say anything out of pure anger, and uh, my my right. position didn't change. The way I felt about how I was treated did not change over those three days, and I thought really hard about it. You know, I tried to make sure I wasn't just you know it happened to me, so it, therefore it's bad. You know, I went through all that. I went through all the steps of grief as well. Uh, you know, losing my right. position that I've had for several years, and uh, you know, I went to talk to him. And I, I know that he, I know that he doesn't know exactly what's going on in every store. So you know,
0: yeah, could okay. he?
3: that was my right. solace. That was the only thing that helped me. You know, stay on the tracks. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you before, uh, how much how much time are you trying to save here? No, you're good. Okay, so did I ever tell you about my uh, my days as a thief.
1: No, you did not.
3: Oh, this is a good story. You'll love this story. Do I need to take this out? No, no, I've already told Jerry. This, okay. this, after I got my demotion, after I slept for three long days about you know what I should do, I, I came clean, scrubbed my soul clean, and shed a whole bunch of tears for the man. Um, so, rewind a long time uh, to about two thousand eight. We've got high school Shane. uh Baseball player going to college, Shane.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Working at McDonald's and uh, Keith Austin. I don't know if you ever worked under his employee. He was the previous. I know of him.
1: No, I never worked for him. Before.
3: Okay, yeah, he was the previous owner, and uh, he promised me a lot of things. He promised me crew trainer. Uh, I was supposed to be in the first class of crew trainers that they'd ever done at the store, so I would have been the you know basically the first of you know crew trainers.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was promised raises, and I was promised management once I graduated high school. Well, uh, the crew trainer thing, they said, Oh, we don't have enough for classes, we're not gonna do it. And I was like, Okay, that's whatever. So my first raise comes about and it was the week before minimum wage jumped up to the whopping six twenty five or six fifty five, I think it was. Six fifty, yeah. right? So right. Uh, I was at five eighty five. You know, that was minimum wage. And he gave me a raise to six oh five. I was like, Hey, that's twenty cent, cool. And then minimum wage went up to six fifty five, and I and guess what I was making six fifty five, and I said, "Hey, do I get my twenty cents raise?" He's like, "No, you got it last week." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, you, you were at six hundred five when minimum wage was five eighty five. Good job." I was like, "Well, why do I why am I not compensated?" He's like, "You got fifty cents. That's a lot." And I was like, "But you know, you know, I, and I was young. I didn't have, I did not have any ammo. I was not about to fight my boss on anything. I didn't, I didn't, right. I didn't, I didn't understand it, the concept and, and of pushback. Right. Yeah, I didn't understand the concept of pushback, so I was like, "Okay, whatever. This seems grimy, but you know, I'm a high schooler. What do I know?" Mm. And so, you know, graduation. There's more money than
1: you had ever gotten before. So, I mean, truly, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, definitely more than I'm had. So I was like, "Okay, this, you know, what? This is a plus. I should be thankful." And I was, I mm-hmm. was thankful. I, I went on about my business and finished, and you know, kept working, and you know, I talked you know, to I said, "Well, you know." I'm going to be a manager, right? You know, even though I wasn't a crew trainer and he's like, yeah, it's not necessary. You take step by step, to get to a manager. Okay, cool. Cause this is something I want to do, you know, while I'm in college, you know, I'm trying to further my education. I want to further my career as well. And so comes around and, you know, I'm playing baseball in college. So whenever Mm -hmm. he talks to me about it, he says, Oh, well, you're not going to have the availability that I need for you to be a manager in one of my stores. And so I was pissed, (laughs) you know, this is the third time Mm -hmm. I've been, essentially cheated out of, you know, both money and, you know, appreciation, appreciation, mm-hmm. more, way more important than money to me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like easily like 90% more important than the money I'm making.
1: I, I'm the same way. I'd rather be appreciated. It's not about money or even a title. It's, it's I, I, I want recognition.
3: Yeah. I'd rather be a crew member that gets appreciated than a, a crew trainer that does not get appreciated.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, easy I'm the same it. way.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and so so baseball player Shane has the three stretch you're out mentality. So Keith Austin struck out with him um, and, and working overnight. You're on a limited crew.
0: Mm. I,
1: th-
3: I think you're aware of that.
1: Yeah, I'm aware. Of.
3: And, um, you know, all throughout the night, I was really good at my job. And of course, I wanted to be appreciated because I was good at my job. So I would help make sandwiches. I would help. You know, I'd help the kitchen team. But while even though I was by myself in service. And, you know, I was so fast and so good and so good at math that I could mentally calculate prices of orders, mentally calculate the overage in my drawer. If I did, if I, um, you know, voided off, like, say, a drink here and there, I'd void off a drink every now and then, you know, get my drawer up, up in cash, Say my drawers over 50 bucks, whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I know where the cameras are, because I'm not blind, I would uh, I would take the money from the customer if they paid with a big bill, I would. You know use some sleight of hand and crumple the bill up and palm it in my- uh you know palm it in my palm with my
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know the back of my hand to the camera so they couldn't see the twenty and I would you know look like I was putting a twenty dollar bill in the till and uh you know in the camera blind spot I would just slip it in my pocket so you know that's minus thirty you know or that's minus twenty sorry so whereas my drawer was over fifty dollars it's now over only thirty and you know because i was i'm really good at math I was able to you know, mentally calculate how much money I could take and win. And if, you know, mm-hmm. if things got sour, I could just, you know, like, there was actually one time, you know, uh, Christina turtle, right? Yes. Yeah. She, uh, she was to how I was keeping up with things and actually it was totally unrelated how she caught me. Uh, I was giving a girl a free drink because she was cute. Right. And she All thought, right. she thought I was given, you know, she thought I was doing what I was actually doing. So she, she went to pull my drawer and I, panic rung up everything and my drawer was one cent over after she counted it so uh, i'd actually dodged the bullet there Uh, Mm. and you know i didn't get to steal that much money that night and but regardless that was my method that's how i did it i stole uh based on my calculations i stole about fourteen thousand dollars
1: wow you're kidding me
3: over over time i didn't do it in one night obviously how long Uh, several months uh the, the i did the math on it and uh, I would have made more than than the store manager at the time, wow, yeah, yeah, it was about fourteen grand and and now, now, keep in mind during this time, there was a transition, you know, Keith Austin into Jerry, right mm-hmm. um so what happened was this is this is where the story gets even better because I'm not proud of what I did, um I guess I'm proud of my my ability to pull it off, but I'm not proud that I did it. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm working, I'm by myself, you know, lousy night, terrible customers, busy as heck, store looks like trash. And, uh, you know, Cheryl, right? Yes. Cheryl walks in and she said, what's going on here? And I'm like, oh crap, this is, you know, and I was like, you know, they told me she was the owner's, they told me she was Jerry's wife and, you know, owner's wife. And I was like, oh crap. And I was like, oh, you know, we've been busy. I haven't had time to clean up. And she's like, okay. And she walks to the back and I was like, man, she's going to write me up right now. I know she is. And so I got mad, you know, I instantly got mad. And, uh, you know, I, you know, red in the face, but I was still keeping my composure with the customers. And uh, she comes back with a mop bucket and starts mopping the lobby. And I was like, what? This is not the, yeah. This no, this is fake. You know, and I, and I, yeah. I, I ignored it. Right. I, I said, man, that's cool. But, you know, there's no way this is real. You know, this is, this is Twilight Zone crap. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, no remorse, no remorse right now. You know, it's in the back of my head, but no remorse. And then no, no less than, or no more than two weeks later same kind of situation I'm actually in the store for about four hours past my shift because mm-hmm. the opener didn't show up and uh, one of the I think it was the grill manager didn't show up so they were super short staffed and I was like yeah free money whatever I don't have anything to do today and uh, Jerry comes in and I was like oh fucking the real owner now okay we'll, we'll get to see some true colors here you know right? that was me this is all I've ever known keep in mind you know a cheat yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, owner employer whatever And so, same thing. He kind of asked me what's going on. He's like, why are you, you know, he's like, what's going on here? You know, and, and, you know, it's his money, you know. So, of course, he's, you know, frustrated, you know, seeing his store not run well. And so, I explained it to him because, you know, in my smart alecky tone. And he jumps on fries. And I hate fries. I hate doing fries. And this man who has to do nothing to make his money jumps on fries. Mm -hmm. My least favorite position. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And, and like, I watched him for a second and then my, you know, my, my second nature took over and I started doing my job again and the whole time I'm passing stuff out. I'm like, man, there's no way, there's no way. You know, I could not believe what was going on. I got home and then I opened up my little box of cash that, that was Jerry's money. And mm-hmm. like, I cried on the money. I had like 1400 bucks in a box. I started crying. Cause like, I was like, yeah, I cannot steal from this guy. And, um, So over the next couple months, the, the 1400 that I still had, I snuck back into the system the same way I snuck it out. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I never, I never stole again. I've never stolen anything since. And uh, you know, that was, that all happened, you know, pretty all, all in a blur, you know, I don't even remember it happening. Uh, But it was probably about 10 to 11, 12 years ago, whenever they took over. Mm -hmm. uh, Like I said, in October, you know, right before my baby was born, I went to Jerry and this was after the demotion and everything, and I was like, Jerry, I gotta talk to you. And so I told him the same story I told you, and uh like I said, I cried. I cried like a little baby. And uh you know, I finished and Jerry looked at me, he said, I never would have thought. <laughs> and I was like, so you No, know, Jerry, the- that's kind of the point.
1: <laughs> right. So he wasn't mad? No, he wasn't.
3: Wow, wasn't mad at all. He uh, he actually asked me if the point of the meeting was to talk about the demotion or to to, to cleanse my soul. And I was like, right. honestly, the soul cleansing. The That's crazy.
1: Was- you you carried that right, that around for like over a decade.
3: Yeah. Yes, sir. Sure did. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, it must have felt good to finally get it off your chest.
3: Yeah, and, and and realistically, the reason that I felt like I had to tell him, uh, you know, when when I was sitting down talking to Joey, he he told me I was stealing company time. You know, he told me that by closing the store, I was stealing company time, and that struck the the hardest nerve. You know, right. it struck the hardest nerve possible. And you know, I I explained to him why I wasn't. I didn't, you know, I didn't tell Joey because I don't care enough about him to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh. <True>. But, uh <laughs> That's out. No, I don't, care. <laughs> I don't care. No, this is this is right. this is well documented. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, and so uh, you know, I explained to him. I was like, "Look, this is this is not true. You're just lying to me." And you know, he just keeps going on, feeding me BS. And I was like, I was like, "Don't you?" I, I was like, "I assume you're a decent human being." He's like, "Well, I used to be." And I was like, "Well, okay, let me rephrase that. I assume you at least care about the store." And he said to me directly, in quote, "I don't give a shit about this store anymore." And when he did that, I just signed the paper and walked out. Joey said that? Yeah, he said that to me. To my face. You know, after after like, why do you why are you writing me up then if if you don't give a shit? like like why would you tell me that, man? Like like that's when all the respect for... disappeared. All the respect disappeared.
1: Right. Wow. Yeah.
3: But yeah, that's why yeah. I don't steal anymore. That's why I, I no longer steal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean it it's hard to uh to not respect Jerry and Cheryl. It really is. Oh
0: they're, man, you, you have no
1: to a certain extent. Like uh they're really like stand up people.
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, especially considering I went in with the notion that they sucked, you know? Like mm-hmm. not only is it hard to not respect them, it's hard to with the preconceived notion that they suck, continue disrespecting them.
1: Right, right. So that that's works. why people always ask me why I always come back to McDonald's. I'm like, they're just really good people. You you like to work for them. You really yeah. do.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, the people in between uh, them and us, uh, some sometimes you don't like working for them.
0: <laughs> Understatement.
1: Yeah. That's the problem is the people in between. But, uh, you know, they're really good. The owners are really good people. Yeah,
0: they're fantastic. Really
3: Yeah, Uh, neat, neat point here. Also, Johnny, Uh, this actually helped me, you know, since we've already broken the religion barrier and what I believe in this Mm -hmm. particular situation helped me a lot, helps me a lot uh, when it comes to judgment and when it comes to uh, convictions or, you Mm -hmm. know, or temptation, temptation more than anything, because I, you know, I actually still have um, pretty Pretty fierce temptations to steal things. Uh, I actually will will look at things and ponder the ways that I could get away with stealing it. I'll you know mm. come up with a plan in my head. Like I'll go Ocean's Eleven and just you know play out the whole thing and like where are the where are the points that I could you know relieve myself of any reliability or responsibility in the act. And mm. I do that. I still rummage through the stealing of things in my head all the time, and it it's strange. You know, I I feel like now I can truly discern temptation. And, you know, a sin of the heart, because mm-hmm. whenever I think about stealing stuff, I have no intentions of doing it. And that's just the temptation. But, you know, if I think about, I don't know, like, I don't know, something that I do later, you know, if I premeditate and then do it later, whatever it is,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know, that that's that's where the sin is. And it's and, you know, it's it's weird to, to d- distinctify that or like, you know, like lust is the best example, you know, it, you know, you look at a woman and think wow she's beautiful it's a lot different in looking at a woman thinking wow she's beautiful and then continuing to think about the dirty things you do with her in bed later you know big big difference is there
1: yeah it's a big leap
3: uh uh-huh. and, and it, it that's that's where you separate the temptation from the sin the the thought we, we can't control our thoughts
0: mhm
3: you know but we but we can stop them we can't we can't help what pops up you know like mm-hmm. for me to see you know i can actually just like you know look at something on the shelf at, at my current job and say hmm where could I steal this you know and and, and it, I don't even want the stuff it's just, it's, right. it's just this blunt you know thing in my head that, that drives me to see your you? current job by the way I work at a dollar general oh okay yeah I'm a an assistant manager at dollar general number 3053 which one is that uh the one right here beside planet fitness oh okay okay okay
1: yeah yeah yeah, I used to, I used to go on that one all the time um, when I lived. Uh, I lived, you know, over that way.
3: Yeah, yeah. We, most yeah. of our most of our traffic is foot traffic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. Well, we got into a whole lot of different topics, and uh, it was a very interesting podcast. It really was. Um, you sure? There's nothing you want? Cause I'll put this up. Just like uh as as we've uh recorded it. You don't want me to take anything out.
3: No, I don't I don't I haven't said anything that I wouldn't, you know I wouldn't say any, otherwise. You know, I don't I don't think that I'm you know, I in my in my scope, like the audience is everyone, you know, like I, right, mean, right. I mean we didn't even do anything controversial. We didn't talk about abortion or genders or <laughs> or or anything,
1: you know, we didn't talk about any controversial stuff. Well, we'll get into that next time.
3: Yeah, I was going to say minor politics, like, you know, minor political, you know, great grandpappy Joe Biden type stuff, but that's
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and I hope you'll come on again soon uh, sometime next week. I'm off Monday. You're off Um, Monday? Yeah. I don't go back till Tuesday night. Okay, cool. So, I hope we can uh, get into or, you know, any time after that, I'll I'll tell you what days I'm off, and if you can do it, we can get into it like late at night. This was a great comment. You're really good at this. Oh, I mean, I just,
3: you know, I'm just talking to you like I would any other time.
1: You know, that's all. That's all. A podcast is It's just a conversation. Yeah. And but it's really hard to get people to 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 do it because they get like uh, emotional. They're very apprehensive about it because they think uh, I don't know what they think. But that's what I tell people. It's just a conversation.
3: People are too busy trying to take a stance on things. Is is really what it is?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'll probably put it up in the morning because nobody is gonna really listen to it right now. So I'll post it in the morning.
3: All right. Cool. Cool.